pastors and ministers in churches that are false teachers. So we're talking about why this road is so big. Why are so many people on this road? Why are so many people thinking they're on the way to heaven? They're on a road to destruction, headed straight for hell through the doors of the church. Praise the Lord, everyone out there in YouTube, podcasts, and Facebook land. This is uh, Dr. Dennis James Woods. We're here with you one more time with the Revelation Revolution podcast. I'm so glad to be with you on today. Uh, glory to God. And so we can get into our lesson. Uh, glory to God. There are so many things that are going on in our churches today, ladies and gentlemen. Just recently, there was a... Um, a video that went viral. I, I think there was a church in Atlanta that uh, a well-known pastor, uh, gospel recording artist, uh, he was having a service at his church and it looked like the nightclub. It just, that's how, how it looked. It looked like a, uh, it was a new year. It was, it was a watch service, but it actually looked like a, some type of uh, typical secular people that what they do on New Year's, uh, celebrating in the new year. And uh, 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 it, it's just so many things like this that are happening in so many of our churches nowadays and people's attempts and in church's attempt to reach out to people, there's such compromise and lack of standards in these churches. And the net result of it is, is people really aren't hearing the gospel that brings salvation. They're not getting wholesome teaching, but they're getting a religion that inspires the senses, that's full of excitement and lights and camera and action, to where church now becomes a platform for entertaining people to Christ. So we're going to win you by entertaining you. That type of thing. And so what's happening is, is there's a lot of situations and circumstances so far as worship, doctrine, and all of that, that are occurring in churches that 20, 10, 20 years ago, people would have been raising an eyebrow, but it is becoming very, very common. And unfortunately, that's going to have a, a negative impact on a great many people. And so this is what we're going to do on this for this lesson. We're going to be turning to the Lord's Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter number seven, with the seven, Matthew seven part of the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to be looking at, uh, there's four things that Jesus talks about from the 13th verse all the way down to about the 22nd verse. And we're going to be looking at that because, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of people 
who are on the wrong road. They're on the wrong road. They think they're on the right road, but they're really on the wrong one. So ladies and gentlemen, let's have a word of prayer and then let's get into our lesson. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank and praise you for your love, mercy, and grace. We thank you, Lord God, for your blood sacrifice, the power that is in your resurrection, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you and you alone, through your name alone, in the name of Jesus, are our Savior, and through redemption and forgiveness of sins, comes through, Lord God. And so, Father, we're asking you, in the name of Jesus, that you continue to bless your people, in the name of Jesus, bless those that are listening to this podcast, Lord God. Let them continue all the way to the end so they'll have the ammunition and the word and the wisdom and the knowledge, Lord God, in order to be able to fight the good fight of faith. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. As we do not seek to necessarily tear down, Lord God, other ministries and things like that, we want people to understand, Lord God, that there is a standard, there is a way, Lord God, that people have to go and they have to stay off of the broad, broad road that leads to destruction. And so, God, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord God. Now, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in our sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. So let's get right into our lesson. And I, I tell you, we're going to have, glory to God, a really, really powerful time on today. It's okay. So we're going to begin with Matthew chapter number seven, verses 13 and 14 in the name of Jesus. So enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. And that's Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. So let's just look at this. It says, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and broad that leads to destruction. He said, there are many who will enter through that. See, the broad way the, uh, that the opening, anybody can come. There's no standards. There's no nothing. You could just get on that road and you could just go on your way. You can, that, that like a song that was out a long time ago, you can go your own way. Just go on and follow that road. Verse 14, for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. But listen to this. And there are few who find it. Now that right there should be alarming. Because that means the people that find the narrow gate, not anything goes when you take that road. Now the broad road, you can do anything. You can live any kind of way, believe any kind of thing, doctrine, anything, any kind of fad and lights, camera and action and just zoom here, zoom there, all just all over the place. Anything goes on the broad road. There's lights, there's attractions, there's distraction. Glory to God. So, I mean, 
This is what this is what people want to do. So the question is, is what do these two roles and these two gates represent? That's the question. So, well, let's let's turn to some people that we might know. The the let's look at the Tony Evans uh a Bible commentary. I'm sure most of us know Tony Evans. Glory to God. Uh advancing the God's kingdom agenda. Okay, let's look at let's look at what Dr. Evans has to say. All right. There is a wide gate and broad road that many people follow, seeking to have a relationship with God. It's called religion. Religion is man, man's attempt to make himself acceptable to a holy God. But the narrow gate that leads to life is Jesus. He makes us acceptable. Few find this role because few are willing to accept God's way to obtain eternal life. Only the only legitimate way to a relationship with God is his way through his son and the cross. So now, Dr. Evans' interpretation of this passage is a is a little broader in scope. And the reason why I say that, <laughs> no pun intended, um, because he's basically saying the broad way is religion, period. So you can almost interpret it as uh, you got different religions. You got Hinduism, uh, uh, you got Shintoism, you got all kind of religions. You got uh, Islam, you got bah the Baha'i religion, there's a zillion and five religions out there, okay? And so what he's saying, according to this, is the broad road is religion in general. Man's attempt to make himself themselves righteous with God, okay? But the narrow road is Jesus Christ, or Christians, basically, who have people that recognize Christ and recognize the cross and the need for repentance. Okay, so that's one interpretation, okay? Let's look at the Pillar Commentary. Pillar is a very excellent series of commentaries. It says, Jesus is picturing a scene where the broad road leading to a splendid gate is obviously and easily, is obvious and easy to be seen. Whereas the path that brings the traveler to the unpretentious gate, inconspicuous and is perceived only by those who look for it carefully. But the commodious road or the road with all the action leads to destruction, a fact that its popularity nothing to, uh, does nothing to alter. But that popularity means that many go through this gate. Okay, that's, that's good. That's a good one. So look at one more commentary. Uh, uh, the late great Dr. R.C. Sproul from his St. Andrew's Expositional Commentary. Let's see what he has to say. All right. In his teaching, Jesus painted a stark contrast. He said there is a narrow gate and a broad gate. In addition, the narrow gate leads to life. But the wide gate 
leads to destruction. In saying that the wide gate leads to destruction, Jesus was speaking gently using destruction as a synonym for hell. The problem is that it is difficult to get through the narrow gate and it leads to a difficult path. So very few people choose it. By contrast, it is easy to get through the wide gate and it opens unto a massively broad highway. So it is packed with people so many are on the road that leads to destruction. I think all three of these gentlemen did a good job in trying to unravel or explain what the broad and the narrow gate is here. However, we're going to go a little different. We're going to not. We're going to go a little deeper into this, and. Uh, we're going to ask the question, so what does this mean? And not only that, what does it mean? To whom does it apply? To whom does it apply? Glory to God. The destinations are not in question. The narrow gate leads to heaven and the broad way leads to hell. So we got that covered. Got that? That's that's fine. We we understand that. All right. Now, the question is, who is it that is on the broad road? That's the question. Is it the world who rejects Christ by, like Doctor Evans said, they just they just with the wrong religion, and so they're not, you know, they're they're. They they they're they're on their way to destruction because they're not on the road that leads to Christ. They don't have the Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Is, is, are we to go with that? Glory to God. Or is it those that believe they are on the right road that leads to salvation, but they have been deceived and think they are on their way to heaven? but are really en route to hell. That's what we need to deal with, ladies and gentlemen. Are the people that are on the broad road, they think they are on the right road. That's the problem. They think they're on the right road. They have no idea that they're not on the wrong road. But in reality, it's the broad road that leads to destruction. Glory to God. So let's look at this. So our, uh, then another way to look at this is the atheist, this, I, I don't believe the atheist is on this road. I don't think it's people that don't believe in God because atheists do not believe in God. 
nor do they have an expectation of life after death. The atheists ain't, atheist ain't on that road at all. They don't even believe in God. You can't even talk to them about God. Glory to God. They're, 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 they're not interested. This is what the Bible says about the atheists. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. <laughs> the fool. The Bible says, you a fool. You know, I heard, heard this one uh, a joke. Uh, that's Psalm 51.3. I heard this one joke. It says, uh, this uh, atheist, he was standing before the judge and all of that. And he says, I'm just sick of all these Christians and all these people. You guys got all these religious holidays. You got a holiday here and a holiday there and all of that. He said, we atheists, don't, we don't have no day. The judge said, you do have a holiday. He said, we do? What day is that? He said, April's Fool's Day. <laughs> because the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. When the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day, utter of knowledge. Night unto night, give it. No, no, no. Day unto day, utter of speech. Night unto night, give his knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Although natural revelation is not salvific within itself, it's still God's revelation of his majesty. His witness that he is God through the things he has created. So the atheist is a fool. Glory to God. This is another one. It says, the wicked in their haughtiness of their countenance does not seek him. And all his thoughts are, there is no God. Psalm 10 and 4. Since the atheist does not believe in God, no eternal life, they wouldn't be on any roads looking for eternal life because they don't believe in God nor life after death. So people who don't have faith and stuff like that, the Jesus ain't talking about them. They are not on this road. Glory to God. The people on the broad road that leads to destruction are on a road once again that they think leads to salvation. That's what's key here, ladies and gentlemen. They cannot see the end of this road is destruction because they believe that they're actually on the right road. That's where the problem comes in. They are traveling on the popular road because that's the road the masses take. Their idea is all these people couldn't be wrong. They are distracted with the popularity, with the ease and the convenience and the attraction the broad way offers. With no suffering, no commitment, and especially no restrictions and no repentance from sin. This is the broad road, man. You can get on this road. You ain't got to worry about all that people judging you. You don't have to worry about all that judgment stuff. Oh, you judging me. You know, people throw that in your face. You, you, you can't judge me. Glory to God. But this is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse number two, King KJV. 
It says, but be not conformed to this world. See, the people in this group on this broad world road, ladies and gentlemen, they are conforming to what everybody else is doing. And they're on this road because a lot of people are on this road. They're on this road because you can do anything. There's no commitment. There's no repentance. There's no judgment of sin. There's none of that. We can do we can do it the way we want. We can worship the way we want. We can bring anything in on this road. Glory to God. But it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to seek this out. You have to prove it. But you have to have your mind renewed. You can't have a, a, world, a, 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 a secular, worldly worldview. You have to have a biblical worldview. Glory to God. It's not so much that we're worried about the righteous finding the narrow gate. The right, see, God will lead and guide you in all truth. It's those who are on the broad road that's concerning. The righteous are going to find a narrow gate. It's this broad road. That's the one that's the problem. The next verses are key in understanding who is on this road. So now that we're at the end of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, now Jesus is beginning to give us some comparisons. So you got the narrow gate versus the broad gate. Now we're going to get the next series, the next thing that he talks about because Jesus is now taking us in a direction. So we'll kind of understand what's going on with these, these, these parabolic teachings that he has given us. The next one, after the broad road, the one that leads to destruction, now he gives us the instruction, ladies and gentlemen, about the two roads, and that's from Matthew 7, 13, and 14. Then from Matthew 7, 15 to 19, it's the warning of false prophets. Then from Matthew 7, 21 to 23, it's the declaration, I never knew you. And then the final one, the wise and the foolish builder. Now, from these four teachings that are all done in succession right at the end of his Sermon on the Mount, so let's look at it again. You got the two roads. One leads to destruction. The other one is to eternal life. You got the warning against false prophets. Ah, they have something to do with this. Then you have the warning of what it's going to be like on Judgment Day where people are going to stand before the Lord and say, Lord, Lord. And then you have the final one, the wise and the foolish builders. There's a comparison, ladies and gentlemen. So this isn't talking about the outside world 
versus the people who believe in God or the people of faith. No, this is more an internal issue. What people who claim the Lord and people who say they are Christians. These are the warnings we are getting to say. Jesus is saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no, no. This isn't just about religion in general versus Christianity. No. This, these warnings are about those who think they're on their way to heaven. But somehow, they got deceived got a wrong road. Glory, glory to God. It is a terrible thing, ladies and gentlemen, to go to hell through the church. Now, if you're going to go to hell, you might as well go first class. You might as well do it till you're satisfied. Uh, uh, get all the money you can. Get as high as you can. Party as much as you can. Sex it up all you want. Just do it till you're satisfied. If you're going to go to hell, you might as well go first class. Right? But why end up in hell? Through the doors of the church. If you're going to go to hell, you, you shouldn't even be playing with it. Why play church? Why don't you just hang out at a nightclub and do what you're going to do? Why come to church and stay? still end up in hell. That's terrible, ladies and gentlemen. It's terrible. So let's look at what this passage is talking about. First, we had the two roads, the narrow road and the broad road. Then the next teaching is beware of false prophets. Ah, now we're getting to it. Listen to what he says. He said, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. So now we're not talking about anybody. We're not, we're not talking about outside of the church. We're talking about in it. We're talking among the sheep, amongst the flock. We're not going outside the church. No, 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 no. This is inside. Glory to God. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's Clothing, but inward are ravenous wolves. These people look, they look sheep, talk sheep, walk sheep, all of that. But inwardly, they're wolves. Wolves come to feed on the sheep. Says you will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles, are they? So everyone, so every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. You know, it's very interesting. Most of us probably have never experienced a tree that bears bad fruit. I've experienced it one time in life. I was, uh, 
in Racine, Wisconsin, doing some uh, evangelistic work. We were going door to door. And uh, we came to this one house and the lady let us in, you know, let, you know, we sat down and, you know, and was talking with her and all of that. And we went out in the back. For some reason, we ended up in the backyard and I see this big old apple trees, it looked like the red Washington apples like. And it was, it was a beautiful tree. The apples look beautiful and everything. And the lady says, oh, those, she says that tree produces bad fruit. I said, bad fruit? I said, apples look good to me. So I got, so I'm not, I can't remember. I must have bit into one. And uh, I'm being hard here, she said. <laughs> she said it, it bears bad fruit, but I had to check it out for myself. And if I didn't, I wouldn't have this parable to give to you. But I either I cut it open or bit into it. So when you cut into the apple, even though it looked good on the outside, when you cut into it, it had all like these like red veins that read through, that ran through it. It was ugly. It was really something. And it didn't taste good. So I'm, obviously, if I remember tasting, I had to bite into it. But I just remember that. And she said, that tree has never borne good fruit. And so the thing is, it's a tree that bore bad fruit. And in other words, it's in the tree's DNA and it can't change that. So you have to cut that tree down. The tree is no good. The apples are no good. So every year she'd have to get out there and clean them apples up. <laughs> and inside one of those apples, ladies and gentlemen, are some seeds, right? So they would produce more bad trees from that. So, I mean, that's why you had to cut them down. Glory to God, because as you, as you put out the fruit, you got the seeds inside the fruit. More trees can come from that, and they're all bad. So this is what Jesus is saying. You can't get good fruit from a bad tree. So I don't care what a false prophet looks like. He can come and he can look like a Christian, talk like a Christian, say, read the Bible like a Christian. He can do all the things a Christian does, but his heart is not right. He's there to feed on the sheep. Feed on the sheep means make merchandise of the sheep and take advantage of them using the Bible, using Jesus's name and the whole nine yards, but he's only there because he's a False prophet looking like, looking like a sheep. Glory to God. So Jesus gives us a warning about this. First, it's the two roads. See, a whole bunch of people is on that broad road. Now, this warning right after it, the false prophet. Prophecies that don't come true are so-called prophetic words that do not align with scripture, but they, they, they inspire self-indulgence, wealth-seeking, a disregard for church order, building their own kingdoms, usually with their name plastered all on it, are fruits of a bad tree and are fruits of a false prophet. Glory to God. These are the fruits of false prophets. Because they're not there to glorify God. They're there to fill off the sheep. They're there to glorify themselves. They're not interested in God. They're not interested in really uh, people getting closer to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And a lot of these false prophets, I'm not just talking about the ones who call themselves prophets. I'm talking about some of these pastors out here. Some of these church organizations, some of these ch big, big churches, little ones, glory to God. 
You got a false prophet sitting up there teaching you any kind of thing. Glory to God. Now, what are the results of being in relationship and coming into contact or a congregation that has been infected by false prophecy? So now here's the next teaching. I never knew you. So now you got the two roads, the narrow road, the broad road. You got the warning against false prophets. Now we're going to see the result of what happens when you have been infected or eaten the fruit of a false prophet. Now you're about to see what that is like. Listen to what Jesus says here. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Charismatic gift number one. And in your name, cast out devils. Power gift number two. <laughs> and in your name, perform miracles. Deutimus. Glory to God. And then I will declare to them, I never, the key word, never knew you. Not I knew you and then you went away. I knew you and forgot you. I knew you and, you know, forgot that you existed. That's not what Jesus is saying. He says, I never knew you. Never. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So lawlessness ain't just rioting out in the streets. Lawlessness is not just thing that happened in urban cities where some folks were saying that's where all the corruption is. You know, you got some people that teach that, right? Lawlessness is also people that are false in pulpits teaching people the wrong thing. So now, how is it? Now, I want you to, I want you to get this. This has to be a church age issue. And the reason why I'm saying that is this. Listen to what he says. Many will say, many on that day, we haven't got to that day because that's judgment day. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? That means if it was done in the name of Jesus, Lord, ladies and gentlemen, this is a church age reality. Because we are the ones who have the authority and the use of the name of Jesus in the church. Glory to God. And so these people were operating. They were prophesying in the Lord's name. That's not out on the street corner. That's in somebody's congregation. That's amongst the sheep. That Jesus warned, that's where the false prophets go. See, the false prophets go where the sheep are. So that means this person or these individuals were operating among the sheep, among a church. And they were using the name of Jesus just like any Christian during this age would. 
So they were prophesying and prophesying doesn't necessarily mean predicting the future and prophesying you getting a Cadillac next week, although that's usually the case. Prophesying also means preaching. In a sense, pastors are prophets. Why? Because they declare what thus saith the Lord. In the, in the simplest sense of the word prophet, yes, pastors are prophets. Glory to God. Did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, cast out devils. Oh, we do. I got all this power, right? Casting out devils. Mm -hmm. And in your name, performing miracles. You know, I used to uh, come on in a radio station. I come on in Chicago. WBGX AM 1570 AM uh, 95.9 FM. Y'all can tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can just go to the internet, go WBGX AM 1570 AM or a, uh, FM uh, uh, 95.9 and tune in anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. Because I'm on the radio, been on the radio, my wife and I for uh, 20, at least 22 years. So we've been on the radio. Okay, so now, there was a guy that used to come on. I think his name was Prophet Wonder or something like that. They used to come. They used to hate coming on after me, before me, because they would be on with all this. Come on, the God is filling teeth, and He's filling teeth. Come on, if you got, if you got dentures, dentures, He's giving you, He's filling teeth and all that. I'm going like, I couldn't stand them, and they knew I couldn't stand. I can't stand to be around somebody that merchandises God's people and take advantage of them and make merchandise of them and take their money so they can enrich and play on people's weakness. They're going to declare to Jesus, we did miracles in your name. And in your name, cast out devils. And in your name, I prophesy. I preached in your name. What is Jesus' answer? Then I will declare to him, I never knew you. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If you've been prophesying in Jesus' name, you've been casting out devils and even doing miracles in Jesus' name, and he says, I never knew you, that means all the time you were on the wrong road. You were on the wrong one. You never were on the right road. You were on that broad road that leads to destruction. You didn't know it led to destruction. Until you got to the end of it. You thought you was on the right road because it's the one where everybody else go, right? Now, the next parable is the two foundations. So let's look at this now. You got the two roads, the two gates. You got the warning against false prophets. You got the judgment day scene where he said, I never knew you. Now you've got the two foundations, okay? Listen to what he says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew, slammed against the house, yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Okay? Let's look at this other group. Everyone who hears these words, now this is the Ladies and gentlemen, can't go past the first part. 
Everyone who hears his word. So this is two groups. It's both groups hear the word. Both groups were in a place to hear the word. Both groups understand the word. Both groups. But one acts on it and the other one doesn't. So he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them. So this is not talking about the atheists. The atheists ain't coming to church. They're not believing in God. They don't believe in the afterlife. They're not talking about hearing the words of God and nothing like that. They ain't got time for it. The word, he's not talking about the world here. He's talking about people who are sitting up in the church hearing the word of God, but responding two different ways to it. Everyone that hears these words of mine and does not act on it will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew upon and it slammed against the house, and the house fell, and the loss was great. No. So I can I can see it now. If he was if he was on one of these nice beaches. So here come one. He said, oh, man, shoot, I'm going to build my house down here on the beach. I want to be by the sand. I want to get to see the waves and hear the waves. And I want to be able to <clears throat> go out at night and just run out on the beach, man. And, and some David had the best view. If, if, I, if I go up there on them rocks up there, man, I got to climb down and come down all that. And shoot, it mess up my view. Down here with the sand, I, I ain't got no obstruction." Then the word comes, say, don't build your house down there, man, because you know the tide come here and you're going to be messed up. So it's not that he didn't hear the word, he ain't paid attention to. And that's just like a carnal person who's more interested in what he can get out of it. So he's not thinking about the future. He thinks about right now, it messed up my view. I got a better view down here. Yeah, you got a better view on the beach, but you ain't got no, you don't have no rock. You don't have nothing to uh, build a foundation on. So that Jesus is giving us these. So again, he gives us what? The two gates, warning against false prophets, a judgment day scene where people who thought they knew Jesus never knew him, even though they did stuff in his name. And now people who hear the word, one responds, one doesn't. One builds his rock on a foundation that's solid. Jesus the solid rock. The other one just go down there and do his own thing, not listening to nothing. And then he, get, then he hits the destruction. Okay, false prophets enduring doing they th their thing, ladies and gentlemen. They bring with them damnable heresies. They don't just rip people off of their money. They teach doctrines that are dangerous. First, second Peter. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. The word of the Lord reads, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you. So now, Peter is equating false prophets to, or equating false teachers to false prophets. So it's not necessarily the person that's running around calling the problem. It's, it's pastors and ministers and churches that are false teachers. 
So we're talking about why this road is so big. Why are so many people on this road? Why are so many people thinking they're on the way to heaven? They're on a road to destruction, headed straight for hell through the doors of the church and don't even realize it. But false prophets also arose among you just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies. Destructive heresies. I think the King James Version says damnable heresies. Even denying the master who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. He says many will follow their sensuality. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be maligned. The truth is going to be all messed up. It's just like what, what, is, what is going on right now, ladies and gentlemen, is so many lies in the political discourse now, you can't believe anything. Anybody is saying it's so messed up. It, it talks about this uh, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes and, and Daniel. It talks about, I think, in, a, in HIV, it says truth was thrown to the ground. Where people can see what they see with their eyes and someone come and give another spin and another narrative and say, oh, what you saw there, ain't what happened. And keep repeating it long enough until people accept it as true. Even when it's a lie. That's, that's, that's really sad. Many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be maligned. And in their greed, see, this is the key, ladies and gentlemen. They're greedy. They will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. In other words, they're going to get theirs. They're in their sensuality. Listen to this. What, 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 what does that word mean? Sensuality. Eselgeia. Eselgeia. That's the Greek word for sensuality. This is what it means. It's translated sensuality in the NESV, ESV. It's translated depraved conduct in the NIV. In the New King James, it's translated destructive ways. In the KJV, it's uh, translated pernicious ways. This is what it means. It means the lack of self-constraint, which involves one in conduct that violates all bounds of what is socially acceptable. It's self-abandonment. It's that I got besides myself spirit and I just let it all hang out. That's what sensuality is. It's a conduct that it leads to. You see, false teaching, not only does it take you to hell, but it begins to degrade you morally and you end up in worse and worse and worse condition in a spiral down to total depravity. Well, not total depravity, but it is the spiral down ahead. That's why, that's why, ladies and gentlemen, 
Notice a lot of these people that are in sin in the church. Let me give you an example. Big evangelical uh, uh, leader, Jerry Farwell Jr. Him and his wife was straight up sex freaks. They were sex addicts, alcoholics, all of that. Controlling Liberty University. Donald Trump in his first run for presidency had to go to Jerry Falwell Jr. and kiss his ring in order to get, get the evangelical vote. That's how Trump got it. He went to this guy. But Jerry Falwell Jr. was a sex freak. And his wife was just as bad as he was. So what ends up happening is, is you get in these type of conducts and you get this sensuality thing and, it, and, and your conducts gets depraved. And it always, always ends up in sex, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual. I forgot that big evangelical leader that failed that was about 10, 15 years ago. I kept out. Can't I see his face, but I can't think of his name. Same thing with him. People, but his thing was homosexuality. And he was he was cheating on his wife. It was a, the head of a big church, evangelical organization, and uh was having homosexual sex with a guy and doing the crystal meth and all of that. And, and and uh when he came out against homosexuals, his his lover then bust him out and went to the media about it. And I forget his name. I forget his name. It'll, it'll come to me. But these are some of the public things. But what, the point I'm getting to is when you get into these conducts and you get into these things, what ends up happening is it always enters around getting high in sex. Sex is always going to be in the. So this is why we have to be very, very careful. But this is what the Bible says. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of their, men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, holding a form of godliness. I want you to listen. They hold a form of it. Although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these were your ones. These are your false prophets. These are your ones that will pull you in. These are the ones that are direct you to that broad road that's leading to destruction. We wonder why churches are getting so jacked up and why they're getting so wild. Because as they compromise to bring in the world, you can't claim the world for the kingdom. claim the world for the kingdom of Christ. The one who's going to come back and claim the world is Jesus when he comes back and takes over by force. You're not claiming nothing. You go out there trying to talk about you claiming this, 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 uh, this, this. Oh, well, they got all this lewd activity for the kingdom of God, and now we done claimed it. You ain't did nothing. But expose yourself and other peoples to stuff that's going to mess them up. The Bible says, come out from among them. Be holy. 
For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sin, led on by various impulses, always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Of the both of these passages I just read have come from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Sisters, uh, I, I have to say this, and I'm not picking on you because obviously a lot of these false prophets are mean. But these men know how to prey on the weaknesses of women. So this is why you see in a lot of these prophetic conferences, you're going to see more women than you are me. Because women are attracted to that sensual realm. See, that pulls them in. And then if you're laden down with all kinds of sins and guilt, it's easy to pull you in. Glory to God. Way down with sin led on by various impulses. Satan knew what he was doing when he went to Eve first. And Paul talks about that. Glory to God. You know, the Bible talks about there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the ways of death. That's Proverbs 14, 12. But this is what we should be doing. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. Excuse me. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. He is able to do that. This is what the word of the Lord says. Let me tell you something. The person is the one who trusts in man. And let me just, let's just park there, right? Right for a minute. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh whose heart turns away from the Lord, that person will be like a bush in the wasteland. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in salt, in the salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him. So the thing about false prophets, the thing about these bad churches, ladies and gentlemen, it's always about the prophet or the pastor. They are the one. They are always the show. They are always the ones that are the center of attention. Glory, glory to God. In the name of Jesus. We're going to stop right there, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to pick this wonderful teaching up in part two. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word for the vacation of our souls in Jesus' name. 
Amen. We'll see you the next time. Stay tuned for part two, the, the broad way that leads to destruction.